Good morning. I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. Good to have you with us here all today for our Congregation of Prayer, a guide for daily meditation and prayer around God's Word. It is Tuesday, May 11th, 2021, and we continue our catechesis in the book of 1 Samuel. We continue with the kingship of Saul, um, now a couple years in, and it's not going to go well. But like I've said before, be careful, be careful what you ask the Lord for. Uh, ask that which he has promised you, and it's sure to go well for you. Um, but if you demand from him things that he has not promised and would not, therefore not be good for you, um, well, I guess you can't really blame him, can you, for give him, giving you exactly what you want. All right, let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. We say our memory verse for today. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9. We say our psalm for this week, Psalm 117. Praise the Lord, all nations, extol him, all peoples, for great is his steadfast love toward us, and the faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is from 1 John chapter 2 and 3. And now, little children, abide in him, that when he appears, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone who practices righteousness is born of him. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin, because he has been born of God. All right, there's much to consider there, but I think uh, 
I don't want to beleaguer it too much, um, but you do catch here uh, a sense of identity. I think that would be something to focus upon, right? Being children of God, little children abiding in God because they, God has, um, has given you new birth, right? And uh, that's how, that's how uh, God in Christ wants you to understand yourself <laughs> as one who has been uh, born of a new seed that is of Christ, right? Um, children of God, maybe not always by sight, but certainly um, by faith, right? Having received the righteousness of faith that is in Christ Jesus. Um, but what happens if you do not consider yourself a child of God, right? They think of they do not think of themselves as forgiven, but rather think of themselves as bound, either bound to sin and death, or or bound to uh, being slaves and obedience. And either way, you end up with sin. All right. Um, so there is, and there is this uh, direct correlation, in the same way that we see, say, in the book of James, uh, but also in the book of Romans and Galatians, a correlation between faith and works. Right, faith and life. And in here in particular, um, again, the emphasis is on your identity in Christ and having that righteousness, that is the forgiveness of sins, then all that you do and say um, li- is lived in that forgiveness, right? That doesn't mean that you always do uh, perfectly or well, um, but that you always are living a life of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, right? Um, that's, I think that's key. Um, otherwise, you're looking for this kind of Christian perfection Um, but apart from Christ himself. All right, so just a little meditation there. But our reading for catechesis is from 1 Samuel chapter 14 and 15. Now there was fierce war with the Philistines all the days of Saul. And when Saul saw any strong man or any valiant man, he took him for himself. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over Israel. Now therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have, and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, two hundred thousand foot soldiers, and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the, a city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. Then Saul said to the Kenites, Go, depart, get down from among the Amalekites, Amalekites, excuse me, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites, and Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly, utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the rest of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, eh, that they utterly destroyed. There ends the reading. Saul has a problem with the word of the Lord, does he not? What occurred throughout the days of Saul's reign? That's right, continual war, right? Fierce war with the Philistines. And what did Samuel tell Saul that he should do? It's right here. 
Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Hmm. Because whom did the Lord want to punish? Amalek, right? The Amalekites. For what? How they had ambushed Israel as they were leaving Egypt. Maybe you remember that story. It's probably worth refreshing it. Uh, that's in Exodus 17. Uh, it's right after the water from the rock incident. All right. Is the Lord among us or not? Masa and Meribah, remember? Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. And Moses said to Joshua, Choose us some men and go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. So they took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and all his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this for a memorial in the book and recount it in the hearing of Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. See? And Moses built an altar and called its name, The Lord is my banner, for he said, uh, the Lord is my banner, also known as uh, Yahweh Nisi. There we go. For he said, because the Lord has sworn, the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. All right, so here's um, Saul, who's going to fulfill that word of the Lord. Well, not quite. <laughs> Saul was told to utterly destroy them, right? Just as God had promised back in his, uh, Exodus 17. Destroy everything, right? Infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey, the whole shooting match. All right, how many men did Saul muster? It says here, yes, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men uh, from Judah in particular. Uh, what people were told to get away from the Amalekites? There we go. The Kenites, right? Now, the Kenites... Um, came up right away in the next chapter in, in uh, Exodus 18, um, which is with uh, Jethro, which was father Moses's father-in-law, the priest from Midian. He was uh, a Kenite, all right. And uh, the Kenites had, of course, uh, through Jethro, shown uh, kindness to Israel in their wilderness wandering. Um, I think they came up again in Judges chapter one. In the conquest of Canaan, uh, the children of, Ke of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up from the city of Palms, um, that's uh, Jericho, right? With the children of Judah into the wilderness of Judah, which lies on the south near Arad, they went and dwelt among the people. So the Kenites kind of hang out, um, have been hanging out with the rest of Israel in the land of Judah, uh, but still distinguished from them, right? Because of uh, the family connection to Moses, I suppose, and the way that they had um, shown that kindness to Israel. All right. Where did Saul attack the uh, Amalekites? Says, from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt, verse 7 there. And whom did Saul capture alive? Agag. What a great name. Should say that for a baby name someday, right? Agag, king of the Amalekites. Uh, but who or what did Saul spare, contrary to the word of the Lord? Well, Agag himself, right? <laughs> and then the best of the sheep, the ox, and the fatlings, the lambs, anything that was good. 
and destroyed only the things that were despised and worthless, which they would have destroyed either way, even without the word of the Lord, right? All right. Here's a meditation on the text. The Amalekites had attacked the very throne of God when they attacked Israel, for the Lord was the true king of Israel. Now the first king of Israel was being called to destroy those who had previously attacked the king of Israel. The total destruction is a picture of the final judgment, when all who do not believe in the Blessed Trinity will be condemned to eternal death. The Kenites are a sign of the mercy which will be shown to all who cling to the preaching of the gospel in Christ's church. Saul's refusal to listen to the Lord's words reminds us that, when, that we too often cling to the possessions and friends of this life who can offer no life and would lead us into false belief, despair, and other great shame and vice, to quote the Catechism. As Saul would not hear the word of the Lord from Samuel, so he would not destroy those who did not hear the word of the Lord. All right, so that does hint on one of the, um, I'd say, not complicated, but controversial topics among Christians is about the destruction of all those in Canaan, right? But it has to do with their unbelief, not simply just because God is evil or vindictive or something like that. But again, uh, the Canaan is a picture of the promised land and there will be no wickedness or no evil there, right? All those um, who have forsaken God and his word uh, will be rejected finally on the last day. So it's a little apocalypse, if you like. All right. We confess our table of duties for this week to, to workers of all kinds. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but like slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart. Serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not men, because you know that the Lord will reward everyone for whatever good he does, whether he is slave or free. We pray. Heavenly Father, your Son became a slave for us to redeem us from all sin. He worked for our salvation, though we did not deserve it, and he submitted to your will with all his heart. Forgive us all dishonor and disrespect toward our earthly masters, and grant us the grace of your Son that we might serve in our life's work with faithfulness toward you and in love and obedience for those we are called to serve. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Tuesday, we pray for deliverance against temptation and evil for the addicted and despairing, for the tortured and oppressed, for those struggling with sin. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help us, good Lord, by the mystery of your holy incarnation, by your holy nativity, by your baptism, fasting, and temptation, by your agony and bloody sweat, by your cross and passion, by your precious death and burial, and by the glorious, your glorious resurrection and ascension, and finally by the coming of the Holy Spirit, the paraclete. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. On this May 11th, we pray in Thanksgiving with Sam and Preston, who rejoice in the gift of their baptism, with Jason and Connie, who rejoice in 30 years of marriage, uh, with candidate Paul Marks and candidate Robert Schrader, both coming to be pastors in our circuit from the seminary. We also pray for those who are ill, receiving treatment or recovering, especially Tristan, Marcella, Jeremy, Kelsey, Amanda, Roy, John, and Timothy, Janice, Sandy, Linda, Ken, and Blair, our homebound Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey, and the missions and mercy work of the church, especially Lutherans for Life, and Pastor Bloss. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. A prayer collect for this week 
O God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration grant that we may think those things that are right and by your merciful guiding accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Today is also the commemoration of Saints Cyril and Methodius, uh, missionaries to the Slavs. Not the Slavs, but the Slavs. <laughs> Cyril, uh, AD 826-869, and Methodius, uh, circa 815-18, or excuse me, 885. These two were brothers who came from a Greek family in Thessalonica and were both ordained as priests. After ordination, Cyril became librarian at the Church of Holy Wisdom, also known as Hagia Sophia, in Constantinople. In 862, the brothers went or were sent by the emperor as missionaries to what is now the Czech Republic, where they uh, taught in the native Slavic tongue. Cyril invented the alphabet known as Cyrillic. Uh-huh, get it? Cyril, Cyrillic? Which provided a written language for the liturgy and scriptures for the Slavic people. The use of the vernacular established an important principle for evangelical missions. Um, here's a writing from Dr. Luther, and he actually makes mention of uh, the Slavs. There is no other sign by which you can know where Christ and his church may be found than this one sure sign, this star, the Holy Gospel. Every other sign is false and fails. Where the gospel is preached, there this star shines brightly. There, without a doubt, Christ is present. There you will assuredly find the church, whether it be in Turkey, in Russia, in Bohemia, or anywhere else. It is impossible that God's word should be proclaimed and God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit not be present. Likewise, it is impossible that God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, the church, or anything blessed should be present where God's word is not proclaimed. Even if they were to perform every imaginable miracle, nothing but the Herodotus and the devil's realm can be present there. It has always been clear that the Pope and the clergy do not proclaim God's word, but are merely concerned about doctrines of men. Right? So it doesn't matter where, whether it be Turkey and Russia or Bohemia, and we even include the Slavs. We pray. Almighty and everlasting God, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you moved your servant Cyril and his brother Methodius to bring the light of the gospel to the Slavs, a people broken by hostility and division. By the love of Christ, overcome all bitterness and strife among us, and form us into one united family who live under the mercies of the Prince of Peace, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. All right, we sing our hymn for this week, Up Through Endless Ranks of Angels. Just discussing with Ethan last night, and uh, he agrees. Uh, we're going to assign this hymn. We have it assigned uh, for Pentecost Sunday. We were thinking as a closing hymn, but I think we're going to move it to the opening hymn. What a great way to begin the service. Breathe on us the Spirit's grace. Show us the Father's face. Bring us into the Son's embrace, right? Which is what he does in the divine service. So we'll sing that. And not this coming Sunday, but the following Sunday for Pentecost. Uh, let me see what else. Let's see, it's Tuesday. Oh, I did want to make one other um, little announcement, pushing forward. Uh, talking to our teachers, I, I think the plan is that come fall, um, this is going to move over into the divine, well, into the sanctuary, and it's going to be um, how we begin each day as a school together, right? Rather, we, this last two years, we've been um, praying individually within each classroom, but it's a little hard um, for especially the younger kids. 
Um, but it would be easier if they were with some of the larger kids and there was some mentoring going on throughout the service like we do for our uh, weekly chapel. So we're going to have daily chapel next year. And this will be uh, what we'll do for daily chapel. Uh, it'll also move a little bit earlier so that it can be at the beginning of their school day. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in order to do that, we I need to continue to pursue uh, the technology updates. Uh, we did a significant amount of fundraising for that, oh, probably back um, around Christmas time or towards the end of the year. Um, and been working on bids back and forth. Uh, first first bid I received in February, we're now in May. Um, we're just working on all those bids and then uh, revising them and trying to get within budget. Right now we're, a, we're we received another grant actually from the district, and with the grant, I think we're at eighteen, maybe nineteen thousand, close to nineteen thousand. Um, but we're actually looking to spend, um, at, it's minimum twenty two. It's probably twenty four, twenty five thousand. It's quite a bit uh, because we also want to uh, outfit the uh, friendship room as well uh, with you know, streaming technology there uh, that's better than what we have now. Uh, we're able to reuse a lot of what we already have. Uh, but just trying to make it as powerful and as high quality as possible, but at the same time as flexible um, so that it can be run, like, for, for example, by me uh, from a tablet, even during the service, I can control the camels and that sort of thing. I won't do that very often, but definitely when we're doing the daily prayer, I want to be able um, to quickly and efficiently um, start the stream and you know, make sure the cameras are fixed and set, um, do whatever titles and controls we need to do uh, for the overlay so that you can follow along as well. So it's a trying to make want to make it as simple and easy easy to use as possible for an operator, but also for me um, as I'm leading, say, the children in the school in prayer. So we're a little short on budget. I'm trying not to drop anything else because we've already cut quite a few things, but uh, well, we'll see. There's, there's a significant amount of labor involved there um, because of all the new wiring that will need to be done uh, throughout the building. So um, that's that's a big part of that cost. I think it's about 6,000 of that 22. So, all right. So if you haven't already supported that, um, please consider doing so. Um, even if it's a regular recurring gift, you know, a small amount, you know, five, ten, twenty dollars, whatever it is per month. If this has been a benefit to you, uh, consider doing that. And you can go just go to our website, which you can see down at the bottom of the screen, stjohnrandomlake.org. Um, there's a donate or give button right at the top, uh, or under the hamburger if you're on your phone. That's the three lines, um, and uh, we'd really appreciate it so that we can. Uh, make those improvements that will prove to be, I think, a benefit to you um, even more than what you receive now. All right, so Lord be with you all. Keep you safe, and we'll see you again in the morning.